0: You won't win anything with kids, boys and girls. A brace for new signing Robbie Petkov along with goals from Bailey Montgomery in the timeless Phil Arnold saw Florek cruise to a 4-0 win in the night Series final against the much-changed champions at Perth. We'll discuss that in the upcoming men's and women's NBL seasons and a smattering of European football action to wet your whistle on the first ever episode of the Perth Football Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Perth Football Podcast. I'm Kalisio Sunwa. It's episode one of our new venture to hopefully bring more attention to the beautiful game here in Perth. And in this beautiful Hush Connective studio is Sean Fry. Hello. Nigel Schumer
2: Howdy, howdy.
1: And we've got a special guest in the studio who will give us a bit of a lowdown on the Women's Ninth Series semi-final between the Perth SC and the Northern Redbacks, as well as the match between Fremantle City FC and Belkata Etna. We've also got them to talk about taking the reins over at Murdoch University in Melville and tackling the chance of attacking the league. It's our special guest, Luke Thompson. Luke, how are
0: you?
3: Yeah, good, thanks, Gail. Thanks for having me.
1: Not a problem. Gentlemen, how are we all doing? We well?
0: Yeah, was yeah. tonight. Well, buzzin'. I think we should tell all of the uh, listeners that you're obviously out of the studio, which is with the mild uh, audio. Uh, what's the word? Not not problems, but the the it sounds a little bit different uh, with Cal because he's phoned in. He does. You've got the COVID, Cal.
1: Yeah, I've got the bug, ladies and gentlemen. I've got the bug, but we're keeping the, hydrated, be, taking lots of um lots of mold and cough syrup it's the good life and we're just grateful hey. that i've had the, uh, the jab 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 and um i couldn't imagine doing this without
0: it you'll uh, you'll be happy to know we're on the wi-fi here cal not the 5g so you're hey. not going to uh infect any of us
1: shout out to the uh, 5g network out there in, in condola but yep. uh before we continue with the podcast firstly sean and i would like to say a couple words on this podcast and what it's about um, for those of you who are listening for the first time, which are probably everyone, Sean and I were part of the old Galazzo podcast, uh, and that talked about the NPL and a number of other good things. And we really wanted to bring it back because we felt that this league and these players are super talented and they should be talked about a lot more. Um, personally, I've been covering NPL and matches here in Perth for almost 10 years, whether it's on print or on mic. But really, I'm just a simple man with a head full of hair who's passionate about the game. Sean?
0: Yep, uh, yep, head full of hair as well, face full of hair usually too. Um, most people will have heard me if you follow the game at all. Um, uh, I'll, I'll head down to, to the games and do a bit of commentary and, and some match reports there. And I just, I've, I've been doing that for a few years now and just absolutely love love the league, both the men's and the women's. Is There's so much to it. You have all your young stars uh, that are up and coming. You have some of your old close to retiring uh, stars as well and, and everything in between. i I just think the league's so much fun and so entertaining and should be, yeah, should be so much bigger than it is, uh, and hopefully we can be a, a little bit a part of uh, that, spreading the awareness and, and getting people excited about what I think is is just a really, really good league in the most beautiful city in the world.
1: Nigel, man, tell us about yourself and, and, and what why you want to be on this podcast or why you're on this podcast for everybody else.
2: Um, so basically, have been playing football for about 12 to 13 years. Um, I've given up in the last two years and I've decided this year I want to support the system, the football, footballing in WA on the sidelines. Um, the competition here is very, very good, very, very high, but we need more exposure. You know, you see in the other leagues in Melbourne, Adelaide, it's very exposed out there. But in WA, the football is very high quality here and it's time to get a word and a name for football in WA, in the men's league and in the women's league.
0: Yeah, it's just fun as well. I just think the league's so fun, eh? Hey? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's there's there's so I've still haven't got over the the final day um, two seasons ago when we when we had Coburn, Coburn and Floriett, playing for the title, and yeah, Jesse Lazaro and Phil Arnold going at it, and Phil <laughs> Arnold getting sent off, and Lazaro yapping at him, and then scoring a goal after. Like, just there's there's box office football here, and yeah, it, yeah people need to see it. It's it's so much fun. I love it.
1: And, Lukey, mate, you've turned up to be on the podcast to help us out. But tell us about yourself and your story in terms of coaching and and managing and actually playing for the mighty North Perth United.
3: (laughs) Ha-ha. throw North Perth in there, don't you? Um, Oh, well, I started at Sorrento, I guess, in my MPL journey way back as a junior um, and then moved on to Ashfield and Morley where I then went to England to play for about three years and then I came back with an injury and just Pretty much moved into the amateurs and socials and got into North Perth because when I went down there, they actually cared about all teams, not just the first team, which I mm. think can be quite rare in WA football. Um, and North Perth was actually was that, was that group and they were so fantastic to all teams, which um, you really want and you want to see and have all teams supported. Um, got into, I'm a school teacher by trade, a uh, sport teacher. So I've been involved with the soccer program at Trinity College for well 15 years now. And uh, so that's where I met Mark Jones, who was uh, helped me at the at the, uh, at the program there, and he's got me involved with Murdoch this year. So yeah, very short. I was very short journey from there. We we're coaching last year at Kingsley in the state league. Uh, happened to pick up a, a premiership, which was nice for the resies, uh with Ben Andrews. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Getting into coaching, just an extension of teaching, really, and yeah. yeah, moving forward with that. Where'd you play in England? Uh, for whopping uh, down in uh, East London there, mate. Nice. I won't pretend I've heard of him. It's all good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, look, in, in all seriousness, if you're listening to this and you're passionate about the game and you want to be part of a crew who want to spotlight the community at large, talk about the beautiful game, and hopefully make these players feel like the professionals they are, please reach out to us and we'll circle back with you later on um, and get you hopefully on the podcast or, or contributing in whatever way you can. But to the Did football Did you just say circle
0: back, Kel? That's your uh, that's your recruitment speak sneaking into our podcast. Rule number one,
1: Sean ABC, always be recruiting.
0: <laughs> but yeah, seriously, if, and, and even like you know, just the unsug clubman, If you're a, a, an important member of club, or you know an important member of, of your club, get them to ring us up. We want to talk to everyone. This is this is all about Perth football. This is about the community uh, behind it. So yeah, we, we want to talk to everyone, don't we, Kel?
1: Absolutely. There are some really cool stories out there. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we can get the story about the physio who was part of four Italian World Cup teams and um, missed Mm. out on the year that they won the World Cup. That's a story that we need to hear. And that's a story that's in WA. And I think stories like that, um, we need to showcase that stuff more. But first, gentlemen, to the football, the night series final took place on Saturday at Frank Drago Reserve with Florentina running out 4-0 winners. Sean, you were covering the game, mate. What did you make of it?
0: Uh, I said in the intro, Kel, you don't win anything with kids. Uh, very, uh, and obviously that's been proven uh, true time and time again, right? No one's ever won anything with kids.
1: <laughs> Never. No, it,
0: uh, I, I, I jest, I jest of course. Uh, famous last words, but they, they, that on on the night, uh, it it was very much men against boys. It was a Florida team that was very experienced, and knew what they were doing, and and a Perth team. Uh, with a bit of youth and, and still putting things together, obviously they've lost their almost their entire team. That I think Jordan DeLeo and uh, a couple of others, uh, the only remaining that they lost their whole um, the whole midfield's gone. That Santich. Uh, Santich, uh, remind me McDonald and uh, Whitney that was so good last year and so crucial in that title run. They've all gone. Uh, and that's going to take a while. I, I mean, I wouldn't write them off. They've, they've got so much talent at that club and, and it shows and they, they, you know, they win every under-15s, under-17s, under-19s, under-21s Cup. They're in the finals or they're winning them. So there's so much talent at that club uh, that you can't write them off. But Floriate, uh yeah, gave him a bit of a reality check, I think, on the weekend. Do
1: you notice anything from the match, um, Nigel?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, the Floria team man outstanding once again. Um, you can see this season around this time around, they they mean business. You know what I mean? Picking up one of the good signings of Robbie Petrovic and the new signing of Riley Woodcock. We saw Riley Woodcock on the left back position this weekend. He lived a great on the first fourteen minutes.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it was Wood Woodcock to Peck, uh, Petkov to get us yeah. get him kicked off. Yeah, the it? new duo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, you see, he put another goal again. I think in the seventieth minute.
0: Yeah, two goals, and he was just unreal. I I love Robbie Petkov. Mm. I, I think he's. Probably the best striker in in Perth. That's yeah. not uh, you know playing A League, and he's. Uh, I talked to him after the game, um, and we'll listen to that interview in a second. But uh, when you watch him play, I and mean, when you talk to him afterwards, he's not the biggest man, yeah. but he plays like a big man. Yeah, like like when that ball striker, comes yeah, to his <laughs> <laughs> chest, or when it comes to his. But and the, you say as well, like he hold, holds it up, whether it's his feet, whether it's his head, whether it's his chest. Man just works hard. He's he's yeah. got everything. I and I said, yeah. Afterwards, I, I think he might be. What yeah. they need a yeah, missing piece. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I just say yeah. I, it's been so good seeing Sean McManus playing in that number ten role alongside Pitkov. Can Pitkov can do it all, right? He's got this golden touch. He's real velvety. He's real smooth. He can hold the ball up. And seeing seeing McManus, who was, I thought he was the best player on the field last season when they lost that um, top four finals. He just worked and worked and worked, and to have him in this place where he can be very, very busy, very annoying, can get in behind. I think I think he's going to be a wild card for football over the year. At the way the way that he can combine with Aaron um, Petkoff.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing missing with him uh, the last couple of seasons has been the the numbers, really, hasn't it? Like the the goals, the assists, that he does everything else, and now that he's got. He's got Pekov in front of him, alongside him, behind him, <laughs> inside, outside, wherever he's going to be, because he gets around the pitch as well.
4: Mm. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm so excited. I said it in the commentary. I'm so excited to see those two link yeah, up. He like, was buzzing. He was season. buzzing
2: on the weekend. He yeah. was buzzing.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be really exciting. And Floriatt, yeah, just quietly looking like a, a really, really fun team to watch.
3: I think a lot's got to be said for how much most of that group stuck together for such a long time. Yeah. Mm. Like, um, one of my ex-students actually, Marco Santalucia plays for them and I was talking to him because he was out during the game and after the game because he was unfortunately injured for it and that was one of the big things he says it's just this group's been together for so long they know each other's game inside and out and it's that's, that connection just doesn't doesn't come overnight and you talk about Perth being the boys it will take them a while to really gel and get to that point but Florian, you could see that they had that connection from the start
0: Yeah, well I did have a chat to uh, the captain on the night Uh Jeez, oh, I've forgotten his name already, Jason Soldaris. I didn't want to say I didn't want to say the wrong brother. It is Jason Soldaris and uh, the man of the match on the night, Robbie Petkov as well. Uh, and here's what they had to say. Alright, I'm here with Jason Soldaris, the Floriate captain, and tonight's man of the match, Robbie Petkov. Uh, I'll start with you, Jason, Captain. It's been a long uh, couple of years for you. A couple of disappointing seasons in the league results, capped off with a horrible injury for you uh, to end the season. How does it feel to be, for you personally, to be back? You didn't have too much to do tonight, but obviously you saved a penalty near the end. Uh, what's it like to be back out with the boys, winning a trophy? I know it's pre-season, but it must feel good.
3: Cold no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, no, it's a good feeling, especially that disappointing end to last year from, for myself. And you know, it's it's good for the boys together. To you know, we we had a rough start to the night series, and to come out like we have, it's um it's fantastic for the group.
0: And before we hand uh, over to our uh, man of the match tonight, tell me a bit about the man standing beside you. Could he be the uh, that final missing piece to get you over the line? He was sensational tonight, wasn't he?
3: Oh, I was fantastic tonight. It's it's so refreshing having just a nice target man that will hold the ball up, you know. And it's he's he's been a big part in our in our night series, and hopefully he's a big part in our season also. Brilliant.
0: And Robbie, over to you. New club, uh, new colours. You obviously. Couldn't have got off to a better start. Again, keep saying it, but it is just pre-season. But it, it, does, it is the best way to get off to, to a start, isn't it? It's the best start you can possibly get off to winning this trophy.
3: Yeah, it definitely is. Obviously, I mean, you know, the season, you, you haven't got a lot of trophies to play for in that sense. So if you can get that head start and obviously you know, win the first trophy, then it just sets you up for the season. And I think it builds the group together. Obviously, you know, you win together, you lose together. But winning games like this, you know, a massive... Obviously, for the club, it's it's something to play for, and obviously as a group, you just you build that togetherness.
0: Yeah, and obviously some talented players you've got playing alongside you. Uh, Sean McManus is always a live wire. You've uh, got obviously Ambrosio up there with you. That playing with the, alongside those players, have you found a connection with them in the preseason? Do you think that'll develop throughout the year?
3: Yeah, definitely. I think all the boys, we all, I think we'll play for the team, which is obviously incredibly good. I think that's the thing we all want to win. So there is no selfishness in that sense which probably sometimes we probably should shoot more and do things more but I think we all look out for each other and we're just you know all trying to obviously win for the team.
0: Well you did win for the team tonight two goals for yourself a couple of saves including a penalty save at the end there for you Jason perfect start of the year let's keep it going congratulations go celebrate cheers Cheers, boys. So here we are Jason Soldaris and Robert Petkov uh, two very big uh, names, very important players for the team going forward. Mentioned uh, as 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 you said, Nigel earlier, whether or not Robert Peckov is that final piece of the puzzle. We will wait and see. Uh, obviously, the last couple of years, as I mentioned, uh, it's uh, Jason's face when I asked him. You know, it's been a long couple of years for you. Mm. It s- sounded like I was saying you'd had some personal tragedies or something. Obviously, I was just talking about the uh, those two league campaigns that that fizzled out and ended. Uh, Pretty catastrophically, both of them, if we're honest. Um, Yeah, what what do you guys think? Uh, Is this the
2: year? Uh, For me, personally, yes. You think? Yeah. The squad they have, the talent, yeah. Give them the title now.
3: I think they're out there, but you can't write off the young. I, I with Perth, the young kids, but also the job Fergie's doing at Stirling has been phenomenal. Um, I know they've just been promoted, but just up and right in the title yeah. race. You reckon? Oh, all right, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, ha- we'll see, but it's yeah. all right.
0: No, that's all right. So we we love it. We love a dark horse. don't we Cal?
1: Oh mate, I um, I reckon Stirling look good. I think I think you think about it. They've got last year's gold medal winner and a top goalscorer as well. Their midfield looks super, super solid. The the name escapes me right now, but their captain um, plays in midfield, number six. He is an absolute baller, and he leads by example. And and last week, when they went down to 10 men, he went to center half and almost controlled the game from center half for a team down to 10 men. So I wouldn't put it past them because they do have the firepower, and they do have, like, some talented players that are out there. I think think what's really exciting about this year is it's probably the most wide-open season for a while. And... You wouldn't be surprised if we've got a new a new name on the trophy for the first time because it's always just been Balcadder in Perth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, d- I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see see a new uh name, but well, yeah, whether that name will be Sterling or not, we'll have to wait and see.
1: Can I just say one more thing about that Florreat squad? You
0: can say whatever you want, mate, it's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's your show. I was gonna
1: say it's, it's been really impressive seeing Jesse Fuller. Transition from almost gold middle contending um, midfielder to just to all around really good center back. And also Nick yeah. Ambrosio going from striker and the number 10 on that he's played mm-hmm. to playing the midfield role. Because you've got to remember, this team don't have Dean Evans anymore. And the fact that they can still compensate and still, obviously, it's, it's hard to replace Dean, but to still have that quality in that midfield and in that defense, it's something else.
0: Yeah, I think set-pieces are going to be a big test for them or going to be really important for them. Obviously, there's so many goals. It's got like uh, Dean Evans to Chris Soldaris was just a set-piece over and over and over again last year. Um, the, even score multiple goals in the same game, it was just, Rinse and repeat, mm. uh, and that's such a weapon, and was such a weapon. I think Ambrosio is probably the one that'll be standing over most of the dead balls uh, if he can put them in that area. And I mean, when well, you got Petkov in there as well as as Chris and and a, and a few other bodies, you yeah, if they can score as many goals as they did last year on set pieces, I think they'll uh, they'll be right up there.
1: Um, Look, I've got a question for you, mate. Petkov talks yeah, sure. about it being one of the very few trophies that you get to win. And so I know from the players' point of view, especially as someone who's in the night series right now on the amateur level, like you really, really want to win them. And and to a certain extent, you're almost pushing yourself harder than you should be for a pre-season. So from a manager's point of view, like how do you go into the night series?
3: Uh, for me, it's about preparation for the season, especially I think... It's being competitive is so much more better for the players over just a friendly game, but mm-hmm. once you get into the finals, that's a whole different. Once you've got a chance to win it, you, you know any manager, any player, they want to win everything they can. Um, but yeah, I think especially in the group stages, for me, it's just about getting the team to gel, getting to getting putting the structures in place that you want to have going forward. And if you can get through to those to those knockout rounds, then definitely it's you want to win that trophy, for sure.
1: So what happens theoretically speaking if it's the last game of the group stage and you know that a win will put you through? Do you do you still rotate the squad or are you going, Come on, let's 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 do the. Well, I can tell squad you from experience, for it. myself,
3: that I didn't rotate my squad. I definitely went to try and get the result to get through, because um, you know you, it's more it's about more competitive matches and there's nothing yeah. you can't take away something from competitive matches like it doesn't replicate getting having a friendly match at all. So um, you want to put the the players under pressure and and have the intent, that intensity of what a game's about.
1: Perfect, but before we go into part two, um, Nigel, what, what teams and players have kind of impressed, surprised you so far? And, and boys, you can all chip into this as well.
2: Uh, like once again, man, I think, yeah, just flurry at this this um, night series have really impressed me, you know, did it win the first game, put the heads back up together, got the four wins again, got into the finals and got the job done. It's a very, very good squad this year with lots of experience. You know, you've got the likes of Dennis in centre-back. You've got the likes of Nick Ambrosio. You know, you've got all these boys who've been together. So, you know, they've really impressed me. They've done the jobs. Um, Sterling, looking phenomenal this season. You know, coming from State League Div 1, they've came into this night nice series. They've meant business. All the boys in that pitch have meant business. So, yeah, Sterling and Florian, two teams that have really impressed me this, um, yeah, this night nice series.
0: Yeah, I don't have much more to add to that. I I, I would say the same. I, I've already said sung sung Florid's praises. I don't want to do that too much. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they, biased, they, they they but they've they've set their stall. De- yeah, I know, I know. people have been. But I've had Floriet people complaining to me last year that I was too biased towards the, towards the Perth Glory on on my calls, and then then I'd go down to, go down to Rockingham and have them tell me I was biased towards uh, Floriatt. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always good when you're getting everyone tell you you're biased, because I think that means you're doing a good job, but.
1: All right, look, well, that will be it for part one. We'll be back for part two, where we give you some predictions and talk a little bit of the real NPL. Welcome back to the Perth Football Podcast. It's with me again, Khalid Sonwa. We've got an absolute treat for us a second guest coming into the studio. He's the commentator extraordinaire, uh, one of WA's finest. He's Mr. Football himself, Tommy Dom. And Tommy, how are you?
4: Good, thanks, Kel. Thanks for having me on the show and, and looking forward to being part of. Uh... Something to be uh, where We can talk about the local game and, and pump it up a little bit. Very excited for the season ahead. To tell the yeah, truth, we're though. I'm glad that
1: you can't join us in the studio, mate. But uh, we know moving forward, hopefully, we'll see you almost every week or every other week.
0: Tommy, you've got to you've got yeah, to be but... honest with the pod, mate. You told us beforehand that you have had a rough day. Don't just t- come on here and tell us all you're great. Just like we want, we want some uh, integrity to the pod. <laughs>
4: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's been a busier Monday than I thought. Let, let's put it that way. But anyway, I don't want to talk about work. So let's <laughs> talk about some football. We've some pretty good stuff over the weekend, and uh, and obviously, um, I think we're going to do some predictions as well, aren't we?
1: Yeah, it is. We
4: sure are, gentlemen. We're gonna.
1: The boys are going to give us all the tips on the statistical categories. Now they're important categories, and you, we want us. We want you, the listeners, to obviously hold us accountable and know that we're making these as informed decisions, as experts in the field. So if we get it wrong, you better scream and shout it at us at every game that you see us down at. Yeah, we know what we're talking about. So, boys, about. I want to know who you think is going to be the league winners, who you think is going down, who you think is going to be the top goal scorer. We also want to know who the naughtiest boy is going to be and who the naughtiest teams are.
0: Okay. Can you tell us what what, what what do you mean by naughty? <laughs> We mean uh, by someone who takes after my own heart uh, in terms of
1: yellow cards. Okay. So the team with the most yellow cards or the team with the most, i tell you what, we'll do it this way. Every yellow card is one point. Mm-hmm. Every red card is three points. Great. We'll Love get it. the naughtiest person and the naughtiest, uh, naughtiest team.
0: So we'll have a naughtiest boy table um, and, uh, yep. and a naughtiest team table. Perfect. Love it. All right. Who's kicking us off, boys?
3: First predictions? Oh, League champions, I think for me will be Sterling. Um, I think Fergie's done a wonderful job, and you know they started with a huge win over Florida. I know Florida have come through and won the preseason, but you know in me I hope that the, a team like that can come up and do, go do a double, you know, one through another. Love it. Right, what about the rest? Okay, so oh, that's geez. that's your win. Who's going down? Going down. Oh, I'll be a controversial again and say Glory if they can, if they can go down. Don't sure football. I'm not sure with the football west if they'll let them go down or not. Well, okay. Whoever who's going to finish last, you'll say the Glory. Um, oh, um, let's go Armadale. I'm not, I'm not too sure on that one. I haven't followed it too much, <laughs> but hey, is you just think Armadale's the safest because yeah, it's the furthest away? It's the furthest away. It's the one, one, it's the one the I, the least. Army. No love for No love for you. Army.
0: you never Honestly. go, you never go down there. You're never no, just mate.
3: strolling through Armadale. Yeah, it's, it's, no, You've got to be the careful one I know about. the least about. To be fair, all right, naughtiest boy, naughtiest team. Oh, I've got to stick up for the you know being ex goalkeeper myself. Naughtiest boy is definitely going to be Cyril. I can see him being a bit late in a few challenges with the old legs coming out. You can always trust him to uh, to to throw a little sucker punch in here and there when he's a bit grumpy, can't you? Yeah, no. Cyril's good value, so no. Yeah, and naughtiest team. I actually might go for Sterling again as well. I think Ooh, you know, with the big you know, with I the, love that's, it. The, that's the only thing that I think <laughs> that might derail that that chance of going up is. Uh, the, Hopefully, that can be a bit disciplined, and I'm sure Fergie will keep it all organized for him. Best and naughtiest. Love it. Yeah, why not? Cool. Nigel? Ooh,
2: league champions. Said it before, it again, Florida Athena. They're going to do the double-double this year. Yeah, very strong side once again. Lots of experience. Like I said, Robbie Petovic has been signed. Sean McManus looking sharp. Yeah, got Florida this season.
0: Cool. And, and the rest? All the questions again. <laughs> Go, who's going down? Who's going to be the naughtiest boy? And who's going to be the naughtiest right, team?
2: Going down, my prediction this season is going to be Coven. <sighs> Losing a fair few players to Perth this season. Do they have, you know, the new new numbers, you know? Is it strengthened this year? I'm not too sure. I've got Coburn. Naughtiest team, it's got to be Armadale. Yeah, Armadale. They're always <laughs> naughty. You know, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Saturday, Armadale Football Club. Rainy. Oh, my days. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We all know the stories. We all know the stories. You know the refs'
0: notebooks going to be <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's, Who in particular is going to be the going to be the naughty boy? I'm
2: going for a wild one this year. From Guelap. I'm, go <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Friday Zico. I'm going Friday Zico this year. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Your mate Cal. Uh, I've never met Friday in my life, mate. <laughs> well, he's met your studs, I think.
1: <laughs> Twice. Uh, all right, I'll uh, I'll go. I'll go League winners. Uh, I'm going to pick an absolute rushie and say that the the Bayswater and Perth dominance continues and I'm saying Bayswater City Come out and win Not the out. out of nowhere. Alright,
0: we haven't mentioned Bayswater uh, yet. You, 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 you dig into no. that for me for a minute, Kel. Why, why Bayswater?
1: Honestly, I think that they've They've kind of got their really decent experience or decent balance of experience um, And a little, little bit of youth as well they do have, like, the old-school pedigree um, in, terms of, in terms of just their club that's done it and they've won it before. Um, and basically, I think that the season is going to be the most open season in a while. Um, and unfortunately, laureate, they have some kind of hex on them because whenever they look like they're going to win the league, something bad happens to them.
0: So um, you're blaming them um, so for I think, I think it'll
1: be Bayswater <laughs> to finish it and win it, and I also think Sorrento will probably finish second.
0: Wow, Sorrento. Okay, yes. <laughs> keep going then. Who's, uh, going, who's down? going
1: down? This will shock everybody. I think Guelph are going down.
0: That doesn't shock anyone, Cal. They were atrocious last year.
1: Uh, in the night series as well, they they didn't win a single game. They scored two goals, conceded ten. I know that the boys have got a lot of plays that were missing. I know it's had a real young side, but it just it just just kind of just looked a little bit funky. Like when I when I saw them play. Um, In terms of Naughtiest Boy, it's hard to beat Cyril. Like, you tell me that he's getting the most yellow cards, and I'm like, yeah, cool, I believe that. Um, But since you've picked him, I'm going to go with... uh, He's got to be the the, the league favourite. He got 11 yellow cards last year. The closest person got eight. I I reckon he's good for at least nine.
0: Okay. And Naughtiest Team? And uh,
1: Naughtiest Team, and the exact same kind of notion... But Nigel's gone with <laughs> a cold, rainy, wet day up at Windy Hill, Sorrento.
0: <laughs> very good.
1: <laughs> That's all I got. All
0: right, I'll throw Tommy, mine. Who you got? Oh, you go first, Tommy.
4: Um, so mine kind of overlaps a little bit with um with what a lot of the guys have said so far. Maybe it's recency biased. Um, but Florida was very impressive on the weekend, And I think what was said a little bit earlier on, I think they're just such a consistent outfit. They've got so much experience. Um, And you could see the chemistry was, was there and let's not forget like last season um they finished second um they they were unbeaten through the first 12 games before dean evans injury and before a couple of players went um overseas for trial and, and they lost a few players to, to suspensions um they then went on and a winless three-game run and and that gave perth the opportunity to close the gap and ultimately win the title so um but florida also got to a top four cup final and won a state cup so i don't think they're too far away um Robert Petkop's a big addition for them. Um, but I actually think, um, a little bit towards what Kel was saying, I think Dunda Mikache is a, a real chance of winning the golden boot if he stays in water yeah. for the duration of the season. He's a he's a high quality striker and, and, and one I think has braced for a big year. He's shown signs. Um yeah, he did have a spell in Victoria last year and then did come back. He scored a wonderful goal later in the campaign which could have um, I think it might have actually been the goal of the year last year. Actually, it was a brilliant goal um, at Frank Drago Reserve. Um, in terms of some of, in terms of some of the other picks, um, what, what are we looking at here? Um, must have gone off. Um, so I think Zin is obviously going to be a leading contender for, for the player. <laughs> um, that's, I, I can't really um, disagree. Uh, with too much of that. I'm going to take a slightly different angle with a team. I, I think grow up um, as a young team, as a revitalised team, are going to be really energetic. I think they're going to be getting around the fish a lot. And I think with some of that that useful youth, exuberance and that inexperience, there may be a couple of... Uh, Maybe slightly late challenges, not particularly aggressive or dirty or anything, but more to enthusiasm than anything else. So I think um it's gonna be a, a bit of a learning year for mutual Francis and for this team and um and and then and, and there may, may be a few cars in the early part of the season while they're still trying to get to grips with things. So um that's that, that's pretty much um my predictions across the board. Um I think I think I think the interesting watch will be drawing as well. Um, a lot of players like Geo Colley and um, and the likes who so obviously still with the A-League team as well. So how quickly they can get them back and then um, push up um, to similar position that they did last season with, um one to watch, I think.
0: Okay, and who's going down?
4: See, I'm not going to give you a team to go down, Sean. I'm, I'm going to sit on
0: the fence. You've
4: got to pick one, I'm Tommy. Come on. The fence. I've, I've got to interview these coaches throughout the year. Yeah, so, so do I'm I, mate. Making a prediction... Um, that someone's going to go down is not good for my uh, prospects of writing a story or uh, uh, or getting some help with some commentary notes during the season. So
0: okay, so um, Kel, just write I, down. I teams know teams you're writing just, down everyone's so
4: predictions. The teams Kel, that we're down there last year. Are going to be teams that um, they're going to need a lot of improvement. I, I can't see anybody from that upper part of the tier really particularly falling down. I can't I can't see a Sorrento sliding. I can't see a Perth or England. Florida sliding, I think Bayes would have improved to what the what has and be knocking on the door at the top four um, but Potentially as well. Um, so, so it really is incumbent on the likes of um, of Coburn and Grow Up and, and Dalcada in a sense as well to maybe prove um, that They have progressed from last season that they have got something out of the box. Coburn and Grow up are very young um, and Valcada a team that showed encouraging signs under Michael Johnson when he came in in the last, at the end of the season and had an unbeaten run and they stayed up as a result. So yeah, interesting times ahead at that part of the table.
0: So everyone's good and the world's full of roses and, uh, and so, so I was trying to say before, okay, you're, you're writing down everyone's predictions, just write down that Tommy didn't have the, uh, <laughs> d- didn't have the, the stones to, uh, to, to make a call. Um, did you did you do I a naughtyest boy? Did you do a naughty boy? <laughs> Tell me. Did you say Cyril, Cyril as well?
4: Yeah, I think I think he's. Uh, I think I think his. I think is uh, I think it speaks for itself a little bit. I think he's he's a leading contender.
0: Okay. All right. Well, my I'm going to go with Nigel and say Floriot. Um, it's just, it is sounding like the uh, the Floriatt Football Podcast the the way it's been going today. But they have just won the first trophy of the season, so uh, more power to them. Naughtiest boy, I'll stay at Floriatt and my man Phil Arnold, um, always <laughs> always good for a red card or two. Yeah, at least two reds this season, please Phil. Um, and yeah, pick pick up a few yellows and 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 get that prediction for me. Uh, Naughtiest team, I'm I'm gonna say Armadale as well. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you got it. But I'm gonna say they're gonna go down too. So I'll, uh, oh. I'll, oh. <laughs> I'll I'll send them down. I'll uh, give them the naughtiest uh, naughtiest team. Uh, and what do I get? Did we pick top goal scorers?
3: Oh, I don't think we we didn't. I'm going to go, go. I'll go with Robbie Petkov uh, in line with the uh, with the Florida shout. Um. Yeah, I'm with Robbie as well. He just looks so good on the we- on the weekends. Like his movement all over the field, hold- his hold up play. And, you know, that, from that, his movement into the box off that first goal for the cross was that just excellent.
2: Yeah, I've got Dumbo this season from Bay's order. If Dumbo's fit, energetic this season, he can get it. 15-plus this season.
0: All right, Kel, I don't
1: know how anyone's overlooking a Darryl nickel here. He's had the pedigree. He's done it before. He's one top goal scorer in a couple of seasons ago. Obviously, last year was a little bit disruptive. Um, but I think he's going to be back in form, firing,
4: and I think he's going to do it. Uh, Tommy, who, who you got? Yeah, in the catch McCartchake eh, for the reason for... So, Previously, just goes back into that a little bit early. I just think he's a quality striker and he's somewhere in the restroom to, to, to tear up the league for a little while. Um, he's, he's just got brilliant skill, he's got brilliant um, strikers instincts, he's, he's strong on the ball. Um, still got good pace as well, um, even though he's a little bit more experienced. So, yeah, and, and in a team, in, in a Bayswater team that I think will improve, I think he'll be a, a key contributor to that.
0: All righty. Well, so that's our predictions. We'll chuck those in a little time capsule, come back at the end of the season and see which one of us is the least knowledgeable uh, <laughs> contributor to Perth football, or at least the Perth football podcast. Uh, Kel, what do we got coming up? We've got a quick break, followed
1: by a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back talking about the real NPL, the women's
0: NPL. Quick shout out to the people that make this podcast possible. First of all, the wonderful people at Hush Connective and the very good looking owner uh, down there who makes this uh, all happen. Uh, if you want to record your own podcast, it's a great place to go, hushconnective.com.au. And uh, very reasonable prices, amazing equipment. Uh, if it can make us sound good, uh, yeah, it'll make you sound good as well. Get along and do it. Uh, and also, Physio for All, big thank you to Physio for All. Uh, Best Physio Studio in Perth, located down between Armadale and Coburn. If any of your players need to get down there and sort out a few uh, tweaks and niggles. Um, she also does uh, animals, horses, dogs. If any of your pets are lame, she'll sort that out for you as well. We're going to get you some wonderful deals from these people as well. Haven't sorted that out yet this week. It's the first uh, week running. Um, what's funny, Rob? I'm just doing the ads, mate. All right. <laughs> they, those were the ads. All right, let's get back to the show. And we're back.
1: Let's talk the real NPL, the women's NPL. It's the semi-finals time for the women's game, and I, unfortunately, haven't been able to get out and see some of the matches, but we know that Sean and Tommy have historically been all over it, and we've also got Luke that's here to help. So, Luke, what teams and players, obviously not the teams that you coach or the players that you coach, but what teams and players have kind of impressed you so far?
3: I think it's very hard to go past Fremantle at the moment. Their squad is looking excellent. Uh, and Gary Church, uh, under Gary Church as well, who's uh, a fantastic coach. Um, they've looked the most impressive so far, and the results of their group stages would probably say that as well. I think it's really hard to pass to go past Fremantle at the moment from what I've seen. And the standout players, is Gemma Crane still? Uh, Gemma's injured. She, still, she came back injured from the glory. Um, she's, she, I don't think she's committed anywhere at this point. Um, I think the standout player has been Jamie Lee Gale for, uh, for Fremantle. She's uh, took a year off last Mm. year and she's come back in uh, red hot form. Um, definitely someone who I was trying to to capture myself, but unfortunately Gary beat me to her. Um, and she's been excellent. Does the old adage, never
0: trust a man with uh, two first names extend to women? And how does that go with never (laughs) trust a woman with three first names?
3: Oh, I dunno, you'll have to speak to her about that one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, cool. I mean that. Yeah, she she's been fantastic when I've seen her. So, and if she's hit the ground running, she she'll be a, a huge asset. Um, what about your team? What's uh, what's happening there? I mean, that's that's why he's in, right, Kel? Let's let's get the uh, skinny on the on the mum FC.
3: Uh, my team, we I uh, would say we we're a victim of our own success after having such a, a wonderful year last year, taking the treble. Um, many of our players got invited into the glory setup, whether as players or train ons. And uh, looking, and they want to, you know, progress their careers. And many of them have headed over east to play uh, Sydney, uh, in the Sydney NPL. And um, and Ellie's gone to Tasmania to link up with the NPL there. I think they've got a connection, her team she's gone to has got a connection with um, Heidelberg in Melbourne to get some more exposure. Wow. So I think a lot of the girls have, um, um, you know, looking to take that next step, which as much as it's not great for us this year, it's also is a good thing for the club to say that we're developing those players to go to that next standard. And I think that's what we've really got to take out of it is that we're able to um, produce those sorts of levels of players.
1: It's also going to be a little bit difficult, obviously, with what's happened with Tier And um, I know that Last year, Katie Schubert wasn't there for the entire season. So what's that like for you? There's, there's obviously added pressure because you don't want to be replacing the person who won three titles, um, but also when you're having such key players who just aren't available.
3: Yeah, we've got a big uh, big change in our squad. Um, three of our senior players weren't getting as much game time as they liked and they looked elsewhere. Um, then obviously Katie's just had had, uh, had a baby, but um, she's, a, she's a wonderful player, wonderful person, and a great football mm. mind. And I've actually been fortunate enough to secure her as my assistant coach for this season until she's ready to come back. Um, for myself coming That's into awesome. yeah, for myself coming into the women's game, having someone of such you know knowledge and uh, in the game, and she's, uh, she's got an amazing football brain, and it's, it's wonderful to have her beside me to you know to pick the brains out of, and also to help with recruiting because I'll be coming from the men's footballs. Um, I've got I don't know as many of the players as what some of the other coaches are, so to have her on my side has been wonderful. Um, yeah, Tia. Coming back to Tia, that's she's been with the movement of all the players. She's been incredible. Um, I, she's been a real leader, um, cap, captain of the side. She's and with our squad being so young now. She's been um, just driving everything at all pre-season and to have what and to have her injury is just is it's been a real loss.
0: Yeah, give us a give us a bit of background there because obviously uh, everyone listening might not know uh, what's happened. But Tia was obviously. Uh, player of the year last year, absolutely my favourite player in the WNPL to watch by that country mile, just I'd always... written like uh, about her game. Any any game I commentated, the best battle on the pitch was Tia and her fullback, which it, no matter what game it was, it was always entertaining, and she would just go and go and go, scored some wonderful goals, including cup finals and, and winning goals. She was so, so important, and then it was a pretty horrible injury, wasn't it?
3: It was, yeah. she um, It was in the game against Redbacks, and unfortunately there was a collision with the goalkeeper, which she went over the top of and landed on her back and uh, she's fractured her back in three places. Um, and the prognosis is that season out. She's, um, she's been into Royal Perth to see the spinal team um, there and they've really given her a really good care plan and a way forward and it's really good to have, the, she's got that light at the end of the tunnel, but we're looking at least six months till she's back on the grass. So um, still a long way back, but, and she's, you know, she's still in a lot of pain. I mean, contact her with her every day and she's such a positive person. She's like always trying mm. to, she's asking about the girls all the time, how they're going, like she's always involved and i definitely will be using her football brain as well to help me along um, as much as, I, as much as I can. Yeah, well, I think i on behalf of myself and everyone here at the Perth football
0: podcast, obviously all our best wishes are with Tia and her recovery and yeah, we, she can't get back on the
3: pitch soon enough, in my opinion. Oh, she's yeah, she's a wonderful player, and as I said, around the club, she is just a delight. She's been, she's been so much help for me coming into you know moving into the women's game. She's just embraced it, embraced me, embraced my philosophy of football, and yeah, it will be a big loss.
0: Yeah. All right, well we're not going to do our uh, our predictions yet because we haven't got down to those um uh, of those women's games yet. Obviously their night series are a little bit behind uh, the men, so we've got the the final coming up in 2 yeah, weeks. Two weeks,
3: semi-final yep. this week coming up in yep. so the final we'll, after. We'll
0: definitely be down at the final, hopefully try and get down to some semi-finals because yeah, we w- we want to uh, be well uh, well informed when we make our decisions on uh, on naughtiest girl and uh, all those important things. <laughs> uh, so we'll do that in a couple well, of we, weeks. What we can
1: <laughs> do is is ask. Um, Luke, who, who do you think makes the final, mate? Perth SC, and the Redbacks, and obviously Fremantle versus Balcato, isn't
3: uh, well, I've already stated my love. For, well, I'm not going to say love, but uh, how strong I think Fremantle are. Um, I think they're into. I think they will make through to the final, and I. Th- I think it'll be a very close one between Perth and Redbacks, but I think um, Redbacks just have a very consistent squad from last year. And I know Pete, with these Perth squad, still got a few players looking to come back and uh, to really complement and round out their squad. So he was not at full strength yet. So I think Redbacks will get through versus Fremantle, and I think Fremantle will take it out.
1: Awesome, mate. Look, I, I do have a, a really quick tangent just to show you the kind of character that Katie Shrugbert is. Um, a few years ago we were running the hub football league and one of our teams was short and she used to be the au pair of um of neil hookway who runs the football center and so we called her in to come and play a men's game and um you obviously you know situations like this happen a lot of the times the boys want to go easy on the girls and everything like that and she came in slide tackled, won the ball, bumped off another player and made this through ball and all of a sudden was just like, oh, I need to bring my A game here. Like, Katie is an absolute phenomenal footballer and I remember seeing her in in centre midfield and just boss, 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 boss the games. Um, so the fact that obviously she started a family, which is awesome, and she's still going to be there for you, mate. You've got yourself an absolute winner, Katie.
3: Oh, I can't agree more, mate. She's been outstanding from day dot, from with me, and she's keen to get back on the field. She's just obviously, when the body's ready, um, she's working very hard to make sure that happens. But until she's on the field, I'm definitely making use of that brain. That's for sure.
4: Just just wanted to chime in myself. Sorry, and just ask for a couple of questions. about a couple of players as, as well who sort of caught my eye for... But... Mum FC, obviously, granted that we've got him on the show. Um, Charlie Waynewright's a player that I've, I've sort of enjoyed watching um, watching her sort of develop in, in what's been a pretty um, experienced team in the first two seasons of the NPLW. But I, but I find that she's a really good ball-playing, um, creative midfield player. And, and, and she has got that opportunity to get in that box a little bit more and, and, and score goals as well. I think she's definitely got the technical ability. So so what sort of steps do you think is, is the next one for her um, to push on another level this season?
3: Uh, she's – I think she's ready. Um, myself and Mark talk to her constantly, and I know Mark's a huge fan of her. I mean, she was competing with – sadie uh, lawrence and jamie gibbons and um and grace betty all last year for those midfield spots and was keeping them all out like she she earned her right to be there and in, in that squad that was amazing and um i think she's i think she's ready to step up into the glory setup right now she's just needs to put um put a few more see them um, hopefully just this season to be seen and be recognized but i think she's ready i think she's well and truly ready and just one final one as well. Do you think? Um, do you think Abby Green will be returning to the club as well? Uh, really? No, Abby's already signed over East. She's actually living with Baxter over East at the yeah. moment. So no, she's um, she's one of the players that's moved over East. Okay, no problem. One of many. You were the uh,
0: victim of your own success there. Uh, yeah.
3: Yeah. No, I think um, if you, I think we've got seven to eight players at the moment from last season's squad that have. Uh, either looking for greener pastures for more game time or looking to progress their career by, mo- by moving over east. So, yeah, we've got a really young squad this year. We've got a lot of the girls from the 21s from last year stepping up. Um, I've also signed Cam Barrero from the NTC uh, program last year, and she's come in and she's been excellent as well. So we, we're going to be young, we're going to be inexperienced, which is a bit different for Mum FC, but um, I think we we've got a, we've got a very competitive team.
1: And finally, Luke, mate, you mentioned it there about the players who keep kind of going away. And I was just wondering, like, what what do you think we could do better or WA needs to do better to keep the talent? Because I know that competition is really tough, especially for women, because there's so many other options in terms of Aussie rules, in terms of hockey, in terms of netball. So, like, what could we do better to keep talent here or keep talent here for longer before they go out east?
3: Um, that's a very good question. I'm not really too sure. I think, obviously, the money side of things, like to be able to get pay pay the players more, to pay to be able to get uh, high level quality of staff on. Like I know, trainer wise, most clubs only have sort of uni students helping out with the women's teams. Um, that I mean, that's been highlighted for me, obviously, recently with injuries and things like that. What well, we we need to make sure that we've got as much higher quality there. But um, yeah, I think the money really into the women's game, whether that's through the players, whether that's what Football West put in. Um, I mean, we can only train twice a week because the girls can't afford to take the time off to go add it in the, th- I know the men's game. Most of them train three times a week. Have recovery sessions. I mean, that's all stuff we would love to do, but financially it's just not available for, for us to be able to compete at that level. And I know over East they can do that. Um, and that's why the girls go there for a more professional environment. And we—I know the clubs do here do a wonderful job. They do everything they can, um, but it's just it's, they're they're hamstrung. I think. Well, it's a problem problem with the men's game as well, isn't
0: it? When you see like Perth and the the likes of those players that they've lost over East, I think it's. Uh
3: yeah, hopefully something that we can start heading in the right direction. And yeah, I'm and not sure what the answer is, and I don't know how to answer that question or get that help, but yeah.
0: It's well, that's what we got you in here for, to not be able to tell us anything, Luke. So yeah. <laughs> I've done it well, obviously.
3: <laughs> no, mate, thank you so much. Um, obviously,
0: having Luke here, we've spent a little bit more time uh, than we would normally, talking about uh, his side and, and the, the WNPL, which we're all really looking forward to, uh, to talking about once we get to that night series final that... That I think you and I will both be at. Tommy, are you down at that one as well? Uh, still to be
4: determined, but I imagine I will no. be. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, ho- it's a team, team again like we're on Saturday.
0: Sure. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll see you there. Look, we're just going to take a really quick break uh, and jump back. We do want to talk a little bit about European football on this podcast as we go forward. Uh, this one's obviously run a little bit long, so we're just going to make it really short and sharp. Uh, what part? What part are we on? Is this part three? All right, then, then what comes after three? Four. We'll be back with part four in a sec. All right, we are back for part four of the Perth Football Podcast. It is European football time. Uh, we are limited here, boys. We've, we've run just under 50 minutes so far, so we do need to wrap things up. But we are privileged to have two massive Leeds fans uh, in the studio, or one in the studio and one uh, phoning in, Tommy. And, Luke, so I'm just going to ask you this one question. Uh, why are Leeds staying up this year?
3: Ah, uh, For me, it's because we're better than Everton. Uh,
0: yes! <laughs> With three Liverpool fans here, that is the correct
3: answer. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Frank Lampard as a manager. I never have been ever since his derby days and his, what his team did to us uh, back in the championship. Um, and all the songs that the Leeds fans have got about him are fantastic. But, no, I, I don't think his style of football at Everton is going to be good enough. And we will do enough. Yeah, go on, Tommy. Feel free to jump in.
4: Well, part of, part of me thinks that uh, Leeds, Leeds might be okay because there's three teams worse than them. And that, and that's kind of a little bit to what Luke was saying before. Um, look, we never make things easy for ourselves. Um, we, we, we we played absolutely brilliantly against Norwich last night and should have been 4-0 up, but then we still contrived to concede a last-minute equaliser and then go on to win it in the 94th minute. So... Um, yeah, look, it's never simple. It's never straightforward. Um, I, I feel a, a, a large degree of trepidation every time I turn on the television <laughs> and sit down on the couch and watch a Leeds game. Oh, you and me um, both. My but heart still think, racing after think we've last night. I have got a few more batch than the teams at the bottom, and, and I'm hoping that'll be enough just to, just to squeak us up uh, for another season.
0: Yeah, well, we, we hope, uh, upon hope, that you stay up at the uh, expense of, uh, well, it's going to be Norwich. It's probably going to be Watford. Oh, I'm going to say Burnley. Burnley.
3: Burnley, okay. second bottom for Burnley. Me. Burnley
0: and Everton. Yep, that'll be our three going down. And finally, we're going to wrap things up. The rest of us are uh, Liverpool fans, Nigel, Cowell, and myself. So we won't talk too long about this because otherwise, everyone that's not a Liverpool fan <laughs> is going to turn off. But, Nigel, why are Liverpool going to pit Manchester City to the league this year? Ah. Uh.
2: It's the quality, man. It's our year again this year. Um, we've picked up a very, very good player. Luis Diaz. <laughs> just watch him play, man. He's electric. He's fire. Everyone's talking about him. He's the big talking point. Got his first goal on the weekend. He's going to be full of confidence. we still got Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, Jota, Firmino. The options are unlimited. Um, Joe Matip just picked up player of the month. Very underrated player. We have got Van Dyke next to him. The squad's yeah. just yeah, unbelievable.
0: It's, it's crazy how deep our squad is now. Mm. When like uh, you think, it's funny that the the year we had the collapse, yeah, and we lost about six centre halves, and everyone was talking about you know not having depth in that position. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I've, I I've never agreed with it. We just had to happen to lose four or five players yeah. in that exact position, which will, will derail anyone. But when you've got Joe Gomez, fourth fifth choice. Yeah. Centre half. You
2: look at your quality, yeah. Man's
0: unreal. Mm. And Joel Matip's incredible. I, I, Kel knows that I love more than anything in the world a centre half that will carry the ball out. Yeah. And the ball he played for Diaz on the weekend. <sighs> he is unbelievable. Uh, Canate is an incredible uh, backup or first choice yeah. in, in a year or two. Who
2: knows? you got Van Dyke is there as well.
0: Just yeah, Kel, tell it's just 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 put the cherry on top, Kel. Finish this off.
2: Uh, I don't think we're going to win the league. Oh, fuck. Come on, Cal. Come on, Cal. <laughs> I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't I don't think that's been the first football podcast, guys. Thank
0: <laughs> you. <laughs> all right, cool. I think
4: it I think I think it all comes down to that that city game, doesn't it, in three weeks' time. I, I I tend to it's such a relentless pace, and we've spoken about this before. There's very little room for dropped points and, and for mistake, and both teams just bat so deep with their with their um odds and uh, yeah, I think we all can't wait for that game in three weeks time um, I think if Liverpool win that um, it's going to go right down to death predictably, um, I think if City win that game it's probably title race over because they just don't drop a massive amount of points but hey, stranger things can happen City lost against Crystal Palace earlier in the season they might do it again tonight
0: mm. Alright, well you heard it here first, just ignore what Kel said Leeds are staying up, Liverpool are winning the league, anything else to add before we uh, wrap up this first ever edition of the Perth Football Podcast?
3: I'm good thanks mate it's been a pleasure to ha- thanks for having me on gentlemen yeah
2: very excited for the future been a pleasure as well
3: all right let's wrap it up thank you very much Luke yeah thank you for having me um l- really looking forward to hearing more of this it's um has uh, been talking it up f- to me for a while so I'm sure I'm sure you guys will you'll hit it out the ground we'll have you back on I'm sure Nigel
2: yeah very buzzing tonight you know big season coming up for the boys um MPL as long as the women's as well so very excited yeah, thank you pleasure. Tommy
4: Thanks, boys. Looking forward to seeing you around the grounds, and hopefully I can make an appearance in the studio next week.
0: I cannot wait. Hopefully we'll be seeing you in here as well. Kel, thanks, Kel.
1: No no worries, guys. Thanks for having us, especially with the uh, the COVID voice as well. Shout out to the uh, the boys in Blue North if United. Come on, boys.
0: (laughs) Uh, And thanks to myself, I'm Sean. And thanks, Robbie, in the studio here. What a wonderful man. Thank you, guys. Bye, 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 bye.